The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a, a personal story. This Arain, which is a brand new safe, has a brand new safe for Tyra that just came. Actually, here we are. It's a startup shul. We didn't have a regular safe for Tyra to read from. For sure not for Zachar with the Ksav that we wanted. But we didn't have the resources to buy a new safe for Tyra. And one day before Rosh Hashanah, I got a call. A call was from a friend of mine who's writing Sefer Torah for his kids' bar mitzvah. He doesn't dive in here. It's too far away for him to come on Shabbos. And he said, Rabbi Gatsin, I want to give your shul a new Sefer Torah. He said, it's very nice of you. There are many shuls. Why our shul? He said, because in your shul there's no talking. And what could be a greater Kiddush Hashem than that our Sefer Torah goes to a shul that has no talking? So that's unbelievable. But this is not an isolated incident. Because this matanam and hashamayim is the result of a decision that somebody made a hundred years ago. There was a man by the name of Solomon Glick. And he came to this country in the 30s. He came, he, he ran away from Europe. There where Haskalah was affecting the city. And he came to America not completely decided of the course of his life. When he would put on the tefillin on the boat, people would say, what are you doing with tefillin? You don't wear, people don't wear tefillin in America. You don't need tefillin in America. But he was stubborn. And he said, well, you're telling me I'm not going to wear tefillin. I'm going to wear tefillin. And he came to America. He saw in America, people, people didn't have sukkahs on sukkahs. Now, nowadays, every single house has a sukkah. You know how many sukkahs there were in New York? There were none. The shul had a sukkah. People didn't have sukkahs. So why don't we have a sukkah? Why can't you build your own sukkah? Why would somebody be ashamed about... So he built the first sukkah. People worked on Shabbos. So he would come into the, the office. He would come into the shop. And they would say, you come in on Saturday or you don't come in on Monday. And every single week he got fired. Until he was able to prove that in five days he could work more than anybody else in six days. And he started to teach himself to read the Shulchan Aruch. And in the Shulchan Aruch it says that if somebody talks by the davening, Gadol the sin is too great to bear. Vigoyerinban, you have to yell at them. So he says that's what it says in Shulchan Aruch. So some rabbis told him, no, 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 you don't do that in America. But he said to the rabbis, but you, the rabbis don't have a sukkah and they wear leather shoes on Tishabav. So they're not observing the halacha. I observe the halacha. This is what the halacha says. So finally, he was one of the founders of Rabbi Hillel David Shul in Flatbush, where this shul is renowned as one of the first shuls in New York where there was no talking by the davening. And that decision that Solomon Glick made 75 to 100 years ago continues to pay dividends today because I am the proud great-grandson of that man. And in Hashemayim they're saying, Mr. Glick, the decision you made a hundred years ago is continuing to reverberate because now in your great-grandson shul, they got a brand new Sefer Torah because of you. And every time that Sefer Torah is being read from, it's to your merit. One last story. I heard this story many years ago. I couldn't remember where I heard it from. The details were a bit hazy, and I will not say over a hazy story. Something about Ramatasio Solomon why he was Zoycha to become the Mashkiach of the Lakewood Yeshiva, something to do with his mother. I asked around, nobody knew anything about it. I called up Ramatisio's Talmidim, 
I said, I think Rav Matasiel said it over at his installation when he was installed as Mashkiach. They said, no, we were there. He didn't say it over. There's no such story. I, le- I looked all over. I did my research. There's no record of the story. So I asked, who can I ask to verify the story? I was told, call Rav Matasiel Solomon's oldest son-in-law. I called the oldest son-in-law. He said, it sounds vaguely familiar. I said, no, vaguely familiar doesn't do it for me. Who can verify the story? He said, call my younger brother-in-law, Halperin. So I called Rabbi Halperin last Friday. So Rabbi Halperin bailed me out. I have a Shabbos Shuvah drasha. I told him the hazy details. He said, yes, this is exactly what Matasil said over. He said it over when he was honored by the Lakewood Yeshiva in the Brooklyn Marriott about 15, 20 years ago. I was there, and I'll tell you the truth. Afterwards, I was looking for a recording. There was no recording. I was looking for somebody who wrote it up. Nobody wrote it. It was as if Hashkacha tried to make the story disappear. So Rav Matasil was being honored by the Lakewood Yeshiva, and he got up, and he turned the whole thing on its head. He said, this is not a dinner to honor me. This is a dinner to honor my mother. He says, without a doubt, I want to tell you, why Hashem has given me the Zuchus to be the Mashkiach, a Rav Aaron Cutler's Yeshiva. You see, in 1941, Rav Yeshiva had to relocate to Vilna because of the war. And the Vat Hatzala had a deal in place to rescue Rabaran, but they didn't know was it going to be through America or was it going to be through Europe, uh, going to be through England. Meanwhile, this was during the Blitz when England was being bombed nightly by Germany under Goring. They were dropping hundreds of bombs and incendiary devices nightly. And someone from the Vat Hatzala in England needed to be waiting at the phone at the designated date in case the call would come in that they would be able to rescue Rabaran via England. And then it was finally identified that the designated date would be on a Friday night and somebody had to wait in a secured bunker at a secured phone in the black of the darkness of the night of the bombing. If maybe, maybe the call would come in to save Hagoin Rabaran Cutler. And a young lady, a young woman, Ethel Solomon, volunteered to wait at the phone for 24 hours over the Shabbos in a secure bunker in case the phone would ring, Lagabe Hagoin with Iron Cutler. And more than 75 years later, Etel Solomon's son, Harav Matasiahu Solomon, declared then the merit of his mother who waited on that Shabbos 24 hours by the phone in case they needed to save Rav Aaron, like Miriam of Ateisatsa, Vachoisei Meirachai Gledea, of the welfare of Moshe Rabbeinu, and the merit of his mother, her son was Zoicha to become the Mashkiach, Rab Aaron Cutler's Yeshiva. So I called him my father, I said, you wouldn't believe this amazing story. He said, Danny, I'm the one who told you the story 15 years ago, I was at the dinner. Because what we do in this world, it makes a difference. The decisions we make, it makes a difference. The choices we make, they reverberate. What we do matters. It matters to the conductor of the universe. But the conductor has empowered us to be conductors in this world. The whole world is waiting for our signal and our choices and our decisions and our actions and our thoughts and our words. They are reverberate forever. They affect our lives. They affect the lives of our children. And they will continue to affect the lives of our descendants forever and ever. Enjoyed this story? Come again. 
bringafriendstoriestoinspire.org. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.